let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for this day. And I pray, Lord, that uh, all of our hallelujahs belong to you. And that our glory, that your glory is never shared, Father. And I pray right now, as I get up and share, Father, that you would use me as a vessel that you've called me to be. It would not be me, but it would be you. And it says in your word that your word goes out and it does not come back void. And I thank you for that. I thank you for your son. I thank you for his life. I thank you for his death. And most importantly, I thank you for his resurrection, which gives me the gift or the opportunity to receive him for eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. As you use me today, you call me to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all have a seat. Uh, you, you, why don't you go over there and sit down, buddy. All right. How was your sleep last night? Good, 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 good. And how was the breakfast this morning? And yesterday, I'm telling you, y'all did a phenomenal job, and we are way ahead of schedule, and that's what is best for us. So today, I want to share with you about domination. Okay? Because we, we grew up in a society that says we need to compete. And somebody is always competing for our time. Somebody is always competing for our affections. Somebody is always competing for maybe our mind or our emotions or our resources or something. They're always competing. So there really is no such thing as competition. It's really not. People think it is, but it's really not. We have one God. And we have one Savior. And that's it. But there's all these other things that are trying to compete. All these other denominations are trying to compete with the one and only God and the one and only Savior. Because where did Satan come from? He was what? He was an angel. He was an angel, so he was in heaven. Okay? But he got kicked out because he wanted to be what? Number one. He wanted to be number one, but there's only one number one. So guess what? There is no such thing as competition. But we get drilled in our minds that we have to compete, we have to compete, we have to compete. Instead of competing, what we need to do is dominate. And this is what it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says, and God said, let us make man in our own image, in our likeness, and let them have what? What does it say? It, it says dominion. What does it mean to domain something? That means you rule over it. You dominate. You don't compete with it. We can't compete against God, can we? We could try, but guess what? It doesn't work. It says to have dominion over what? The fish and the sea and over the birds and the heavens and over... Earth? Did you ever think of being over the earth? Did you ever think of domain, uh, having dominion over everything? So I got people, I know some people who smoke weed. All right? 
They do. I get it. Guess what? I said if we're supposed to have dominion over the earth, then how are you going to let a plant control you? I mean, because that's the truth of the matter. <laughs> if we're supposed to have dominion, if we're created in his likeness, that's what it says in the word, right? We're created in his likeness, and we're to have dominion over the earth and over everything. So you're telling me that weed is more important than you having dominion. That's just one area. You might have a person that you struggle with. Well, I just can't help myself. Right? It's all true. But if we got dominion over the earth, then what do you mean you can't help yourself? The truth of the matter is you don't want to help yourself. Is you want to have an excuse. Our society says, it's okay. You don't really have to stand for anything. You don't. I know there's problems and situations and circumstances, but it clearly says if we're supposed to have dominion, and in order to get dominion, guess what you have to do? You got to fight. You have to fight. But nobody wants to fight. I'm not saying you got to put your hands up and be like, come on, give me some. I'm not saying that, but you got to fight. You got to fight for what's right. You got to fight for what you believe in. But the problem is, is people don't believe in anything. They play the game. Yeah, I grew up in a Christian home. So what? <laughs> Am I grateful for it? I am now. Was I grateful then? No. When my parents were taking me to church like it was going out of style, was I grateful? Oh, definitely not. I was waiting until I, whoo, I can't wait to go to college. I ain't never going to church again. That's where I was. In fact, I didn't even go to a Christian school. I remember asking the coach, I said, do y'all have, a, like, y'all got to go to church or chapel? They're like, yeah. I said, coach, I can't do it. I can't come here. I was real clear in where I was at. And I'm real clear where I'm at today. I was like, I just can't do it. I'm done. Because I didn't see what they call authentic followers of Christ. Tell me what an authentic follower of Christ looks like to you. Raise your hand. I'm going to do this participation deal. Now if you standing up here, I'm standing up here and you're looking at me. Yes, sir. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not afraid to admit their faults. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. Yes? Say it again. One who tries to imitate Jesus. Now, you know, they have the little uh, brace that says WWJD. It says, what would Jesus do? That sounds great. But guess what? I'm not Jesus. People go, oh, that's not what Jesus do. Guess what? I'm not him. I'm trying to be like him, but I'm not. I'm not. And the biggest thing I think that 
most Christians deal with is if I have failure, then I feel defeated. Because guess what? Somebody's going to fail you. I'm going to fail you. Your parents are going to fail you. Your best Christian friend is going to fail you. And most importantly, you're going to fail yourself. And then this is what happens when people get into failure. They shut down. Oh, I'm the worst Christian ever. I, I don't know if I really believe this. I don't know if God is with me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> You're not going to be perfect. It's unfortunate, but you're not going to be. And if you think you are, guess what? You're on your way to failure. Oh, but that's not popular. That's not the popular Christian message. The popular Christian message in Western civilization is this. If you become a Christian, if you give your life to Christ, then everything is going to be what? It's going to be all right. It's going to be gravy. There's going to be no trouble. None. Oh, it's going to be perfect. Just follow God, read your Bible every day, and everything is going to work out. And that is definitely not true. It's definitely not true. So we're supposed to have dominion. We're created in his likeness. We're supposed to be over the earth, the fish, the animals, everything. As a human being. But then let's not forget, it says in John 16, 33, in this World, you will have trouble. Nobody wants to hear that. That book doesn't sell. If you went to the bookstore, the Christian bookstore, and said, oh, you're going to have trouble, nobody's buying that book. That's the wrong title. That doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound like a Christian deal. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. You're going to have trouble. It's going to be a struggle. I was telling our leadership team the other day, I said, and my wife, I said, listen, life is a struggle, period. But what you have to figure out is what you are going to struggle with and who you are going to struggle with. That's what marriage is about. There will be issues. There will be a struggle. But who am I going to struggle with? Who are going to be my real friends when it's not looking so good for me? John 16, You're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble. Suffering is not one of those things that is highly preached. Because guess what? We want it to be all lollipoppy for Jesus. I don't have no trouble. I don't have no problems. I don't have no trouble. I don't have no situation. I don't have no circumstances. My life is perfect. Well, I can tell you my life is not. It is not. And struggle is what? It's okay. It's going to happen. It clearly says. But we're called to fight. Everybody know what a peacemaker is? Somebody tell me. Raise your hand and tell me what a peacemaker is. Okay. Okay. They do what? Makes peace. They make peace. Make is what? 
Is it an adjective or a verb? It's a verb. It takes action to make peace, which means there might be a fight. The U.S. is called, oh, we're the greatest country in the world and we make peace. Guess what we do when we go make peace? We fight. And it says, blessed are the unbelievable. We think because we're Christian, we should never oppose anything. We should never judge anything. We should never fight for anything. We should just be, I'm being like Jesus. <laughs> because Jesus wouldn't do that. Really? So what about the Jesus that um, went into the temple when they were selling? What did he do? Get this mess out of here. All right. Well, I, I'm not Jesus. I, I'm not. That's not my personality. I get it. That might not be your personality. What about Jesus when he was on his way to the cross and he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and he says, is there, is there any other way? Can somebody take this cup from me? Did he have doubt? He said, can, it, can somebody else do it? What about that Jesus? What about that Jesus that was in the desert for 40 days? He fasted for 40 days. And guess what it says in Matthew? It says, and then what? He was hungry. And then guess who came? The devil. When did he come? When he was hungry. He came when he was hungry. And the first thing I said, hey, won't you turn these stones into? You think he's the, the enemy is smart. Don't get it wrong. All because you know a few scriptures, that don't mean anything. Because guess what? He know them too. <laughs> and that's the part we don't get. We just think, well, I know a few scriptures so I can fight off the enemy. Well, you need to get some more. You need to hide the word of God in your heart. You need to meditate it on it day and night. All right? Because guess what? He's only got one trick, but he is good at it. And people think, well, I don't know if I believe the devil. Well, you know what? That's cool. You're a fool. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what it is. I mean, the Bible clearly says, you know, there's an enemy. There's one. It, the beginning of time. In the garden, Adam and Eve, hey, don't eat from this tree. Everything will be good. Okay, great, great, great. I love it. I love you, Lord. Uh, we'll do that, God. We believe you created us, right? <laughs> did, did he really say that? Did he really say you were going to die? Put a seed of doubt. The door is closed. It opened up a little bit and he did like this. Let me put my foot in here right quick. Because how much room does he need? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> you don't need a lot. You think that your struggle is going to be against something that you don't like? 
Think about it. If you like, uh, I, I'll take myself, for instance. And I'll be, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty honest guy. I would love to make $10 million a year. Or even five. <laughs> even one. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I mean, you know, let's not, I'm not, let's not be fooled here, okay? I'm human. But guess what? If a deal comes along, they say, Eric, you can make $40,000 tomorrow. I would struggle. I'd be like, but God, you called me to do this. But I could do more of that if I did this. <laughs> All right? That's like a real struggle to me. You can ask the team that works in the office. They say, Eric, why you got that dollar in your Bible? I said, the reason I got this dollar in the Bible, to remind me of what is and what is not. For me. For you, it might be something else. But for me, I need to flip it open, look in there. I have to be reminded. Do you have reminders in your area of weakness? Because if you don't, you better get some. You have to have reminders in your area of weakness because guess what? Everybody has a soft and a weak spot. They do. Everyone. What are you going to do to remind you to bring you back to him and his word? What scriptures have you memorized or have you put in place so when that situation comes up, you go, let me stay right here. I need to stay right here. My flesh is going, but my spirit is going. Which one are you controlled by? I read this story one time about this guy. He had two dogs. And he would fight them every weekend. And they would bet on the dogs every weekend. And he would win every single time. And the other guy was like, man, how do you know which dog is going to win every weekend? And after about five years, he said, it's really easy. It's the one I feed. You know, what are you feeding? Are you feeding your flesh more than you're feeding your spirit? Or are you feeding your spirit more than you feed your flesh? But you got to feed one of them. You're going to feed one of them. Which one are you going to feed more? The one that you feed the most is the one that's going to win every single time. Everything. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and rulers of this dark world. It is not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle in the heavenly places. So any situation or circumstance or problem that you may have at this particular time in your life or that is coming in this life, it's a spiritual battle. It's good against evil. Every time. So if I'm struggling with, man, I just want to punch them in the nose. I don't care about them. They did me wrong. I thought that was my friend. They always running their mouth. You think that's a physical problem? No, that's a spiritual problem. The spiritual problem is, you know what? I might have trusted in the wrong thing. <laughs> I might have trusted in them more than I was supposed to be. 
or if your friend does you wrong, and you have to choose to forgive them or not. When do you choose forgiveness? Do you choose it at that particular time or do you choose it before? I'm telling you, you better choose forgiveness before the situation happens. Because once it happens, you might not be in the right mindset. Or God, he is supposed to be with me. I don't know why this stuff is happening to me. Where is God? How many of y'all been there before? You know? I'm, I'm doing everything right. Why is it not turning out the way that I thought it was? You know why? Because maybe that's not really what God had for you. For you to do it right, yes, that's what he had for you. For it to turn out has nothing to do with you. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with you. It may be this is the course of action that God maybe have you going through. But nobody wants to hear that. That's not popular. What's popular is if I do this, if I do A, then I should get B and it's going to equal C. Right? That's, that's what's taught. But you could do A and get F and end up at Z. And you could be mad. <laughs> and who are you going to be mad at? You could be mad at God. And I'm telling you right there, that don't work. It don't work. It ain't ever going to work. It had never worked. It's not going to work. You can be mad at him all you want to. But guess what? It says he's never changing. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. Well, I don't think so. God in the Old Testament is way more harsh. Guess what? In Genesis, when Adam and Eve ate from the fruit, what did they do? They went to I know he can't see me. And he's looking at your feet the whole time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm going to hide from God. How are you going to hide from the person who created the earth, who spoke the world into existence? I'm going to hide from him. You are not hiding from him. Who you are hiding from is yourself. Okay? So I'm going to hide. He didn't really see it. But what we want to do is we want to cover up. Okay? So, I want to try to hide. And then he says, you know what? Uh, what y'all doing? <laughs> well, we, we, we naked and unashamed. We, we, we ashamed. Wait a minute. You was naked and unashamed. How you get naked and ashamed? That's basically what happened. Then they covered themselves up with what? Leaves. So, once again, there you go. You're supposed to have dominion over the earth, and you want to cover yourself up with some plants. You won't let the plants control you. All right? And what happened? God said, you know what? We got to have some shed blood for this deal to work. Shed blood for the propitiation of sin. Okay? That happened where? Genesis. Move over to the New Testament. Jesus dies on the cross. Guess what? Guess what we got there? Shed blood. Is that a different guy? 
It's the same one. It's the same one. It's the same one. So we're supposed to have dominion. We're going to have trouble. But it says in 1 Timothy, it says, I fight the good fight of faith. You see it? Fight the good fight of faith. Now, does everybody have faith? Raise your hand if you think everybody has faith or not. Say, everybody has faith, raise your hand. Do you think everybody has faith? Raise your hand. Okay. Yeah, okay, great. If you don't think that everybody has faith, raise your hand. Okay, listen. Everybody has faith. Everybody has faith. Now, what they have faith in is, is totally different. But faith is a principle. Principle is a thing that does not change, okay? That's what a principle is. So it doesn't matter what it is, it's a principle. You know, like if you throw a, let me see, let me see your pen. A principle is what? That's called gravity. It ain't going to change. That's a principle. All right? And faith is a principle. You can have faith in something. Like all of y'all have faith in these chairs. Yeah, I did, because I didn't see nobody. Get up, Meese, if you don't mind. I didn't see nobody go. You know, I said, we need a chair. Oh, I'm going to get me a chair, too. I don't care. You know, that's what happened. Same thing with the floor. So everybody's got faith, thanks. Everybody's got faith. It's just a matter of what you got faith in. All right? So let's fight the good fight of faith in what? And take hold of what? The what? Eternal life. How many thinks everybody gets eternal life? Raise your hand. Do you think that everybody gets eternal life? Raise your hand. Okay, if you don't think they get eternal life, raise your hand. Not voting is not an option. <laughs> everybody gets eternal life. It's just a matter of where they're going to get it. All right? Everybody gets eternal life. Everybody gets it. You're either going to get it in heaven or you're going to get it in hell. But eternal life is a principle. It's not going to change. Okay? So you're going to get eternal life. But where are you going to spend it? Where are you going to spend it? I'm not taking questions. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Can I say something? No. It's 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 12. My man's like, I got a question. <laughs> You're all kind of one? I got you. I appreciate it. I mean, I got to take that from a guy with a bonnet, so I'm good. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling. <laughs> so you got to fight the good fight of faith. That means you got to fight. Guess what? That means you got to work at it. It doesn't come easy. Being a Christian is not an easy deal. Whoever told you it was easy lied to you. You know, they did. It's easy if you feed your spirit all the time. But at some point in time, I think that we all may feed our flesh. 
Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe we all just super Christian. Maybe we all on fire. And we may be on fire, but guess what? At some point in time, you feed your flesh. Okay, I, if you don't believe it, let me tell you. All right. When you got up this morning and you decided to come to breakfast, and I'm going to ask ladies, did you look in the mirror? Okay. Some guys, I can tell you, didn't. But, <laughs> but most of the time, guess what we do? We get up. I got a different thing I do. But anyway, you get up, you brush your teeth, you wash your face, and the first thing you do is you look in the mirror and you check yourself out. Right? I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. <laughs> You should do that, but that's what you did. Because at that particular point, were you thinking about your spirit or were you thinking about your flesh? You were thinking about your flesh. And I'm not saying there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying. Some of my children, oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, you did your hair five times in the last two minutes. <laughs> what was you on? <laughs> then you talking about, I don't know why I'm behind schedule. I can tell you why you're behind schedule. <laughs> you changed clothes four times before we go somewhere. Hold on, I got, I'll be right back. No, I'm leaving you. <laughs> no, but I get it. I mean, I'm into personal appearance. I am. Okay, I am. But I'm just saying, did you read your Bible? I didn't get to that. You know why you didn't get to it? Because you was too busy fixing your hair. <laughs> you know? I'm not saying don't fix your hair. I, I will tell you here, if you come out of the cabin looking raggedy, then if it's a girl, I'm going to say, Danielle, <laughs> I need you to talk to him. You know? If it's a guy, I'm just going to bust you out. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you what I'm thinking, and we're going to keep on moving down the road. I ain't going to be mad at you. I ain't going to be upset. You know, should you take care of yourself? Yes. It says, uh, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Some Christians just go, well, he's looking at my heart. He don't care what I look like, but man does. <laughs> okay? <laughs> they, they do. I'm sorry. If I came in here and my hair was all <laughs> crazy looking. <laughs> And people always ask me, Eric, you, you don't have any hair. I go, I got plenty of hair. I just don't like to comb it. That's why I cut it all the time. I go, I, I, I don't have any time to mess with my hair. I said, but, oh, Bob, by choice, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was kind of jealous when she came with a little faded part. I was like, yeah, hey, I might do better. <laughs> But we got to fight. We have to fight. We have to fight. We have to have dominion. We have to take over. We have to make peace, which is a verb. Love is a verb. Make is a verb, which means I have to do something. If I have faith, that means I have to do something. Faith is an action deal. Okay? If I'm created in his dominion and his likeness, then nothing should be over control, uh, controlling me. Correct? It shouldn't be. Are there things that control me? Yes. 
Am I working on them daily? Yes. Do I sing the song, I Surrender All? No, I don't. Do I sing, I surrender a little bit more every single day and every minute of the day? Yes, because that's called lordship and sanctification. Okay, lordship is a different deal. Everybody wants to accept Christ for what? So they can get what? Heaven. That's it. They want fire insurance. That's what they want. I just want, I'm going to accept Jesus so I can get to heaven. Great. What about the Lordship piece that happens every single day? Well, hold on now. I don't want to take over every area. I want to have this one over here on the side. See, I want to keep this little pocket just for me. All my little secrets are going to be right over in the little box. And uh, nobody's going to find out about them. And I can do what I want. And then I, when it's time to be Christian, I can pull up and Yeah, God bless you. You see what I mean? I'm not a faker. I'm not. Because there's nowhere in the Bible that says that I should fake it. Nowhere in there that says I should fake it. What it says is, Eric, you should have dominion. You're created in the likeness of God. That's what it says. And what does that look like? Eric, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is. So what do I need to do? I need to feed the strong part of it. I need to feed the spirit. That's what it says. Okay? It says that I am to fight the good fight of faith. That means I'm not supposed to sit back. I'm not supposed to be like, well, you know, it's all right. Oh, I, is it okay to be angry? Yes. It says, be angry, but what? Sin not. Now, that's hard to do. It's hard to do. I'm, trust me, I done tried both ways. It's hard to be angry, but sin not. It is. But what it's really about is what are you angry about? Are you angry about the things of God? Are you angry about how you, quote, unquote, got offended? The person cut me off. The person stepped on my toe. The person said something about me that's really not true. Somebody's in my business and I didn't want them to be. Somebody thinks I'm something that I'm not. I'm misunderstood. If I'm angry about that, I waste time. My kids, they tell me, Dad, you're the worst. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're in traffic. Hey, Dad, honk the horn. I'm like, I don't want to honk the horn. Everybody honks the horn, but they're not going. <laughs> or we were at a basketball game. We used to live in Houston. We were at a basketball game, a Rockets game. They're like, they came on, Mom, you should have been there. You should have been there. Dad let the whole stadium in front of us. <laughs> we like here at the door. He like, y'all go ahead. Y'all go ahead. The whole stadium. I'm at Walmart. The guys go, oh, man, the line is long. I said, that's the only store that has 40 lines and two of them open. <laughs> Every single time. I said, what's your rush? If you didn't like it so much, why did you come? Because it, it hadn't changed. And they're like, well, I guess you're right. That's okay. Let's sit here. Let's talk. <laughs> you know, do I like to do things quick and fast? Well, yes. When it comes to working, man, click, click, let's go. But at the end of the day, 
It's, it doesn't matter. If you miss a plane or you miss your flight, guess what? There's a reason why. Maybe you were late, but God might have set up the plane might have crashed. I don't know. All right. I've been late sometime on the highway going, man, I, yeah, I'm, I, I, man, why did I didn't get there? And then I figure out five days later, well, there was a wreck and there was a fatal accident to kill people. And God spared me. I went skiing one time for 10 days. And guess what? I got on the plane coming back. And as I was getting on the plane, I said, you know, five people died this week. I go, what? <laughs> I never knew. Because God spared me. God spared me. God spares us. The reason you are alive today and right now and that you're here is because he is not done with you yet. And he has work for us to do. That's why you're here. Amen. Amen. That's the only reason why we're here. He got work for us to do. Lizzie, I'm going to talk about you. Lizzie worked here last summer. Come up here. Lizzie worked here last summer, had a phenomenal summer, did a great job. And then all of a sudden after camp, she has a life threatening wreck. Like we didn't know if she was going to make it at all. Hospital tubes, neck, I mean, just tore up the car, hydroplane flipped. I mean, terrible. So I come here, you know, and I knew the wreck and we prayed for her, my whole family prayed for her. And then she showed up and I was like, you alive. <laughs> she was like, I am. And I said, Lizzie, what? She said, God spared me because I don't remember a thing. Nothing. Nothing. I don't remember anything. We glad you're here. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. But what that shows me is that God is not done with her yet. Yes. He's not done with you yet because guess what? We still here. Yes. We still here. Amen. Amen. So we got to. Oh, I do have one more video about the domination deal because I want this. I, I want that to set in on you. OK, I'm not into this competing deal. I'm in the domination. So this guy, his name is Eric Thomas. <laughs> All right. And he talks about this domination deal, and it really makes sense to me. I'm all about it. I'm, I'm about, let's not compete, but we're called to be believers in Christ, right? And is Christ competing with anyone? No. no. So should we be competing with anyone? No. no. There's no such thing competition. We should be dominating. So we're going to wait till this load up. Hot spot. He said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to flee, then you'll be successful. Listen to me very carefully. The Packers last week, they won the first quarter. What kind of game was it? When we got to the end, what type of game was it? It was a close game, right? It was a close game. Cowboys had a chance to win that thing. It was a close game. This game wasn't what? It was a blowout. It was a blowout. Why? Because not only did the Falcons win the first quarter, not only did they win the second quarter, they were up 24-0 at the half. They dominated. Now, I want to help some of you because some of you in this room 
I don't want you just to compete, because competing is dangerous. Because when you compete, you gotta go all the way to the fourth quarter to make that thing happen. But when you dominate, pretty much, when they came back after the half, it was pretty much what? It was over. And the thing that's cool about dominating is when you dominate, you take your opponent out the game. If you line up as a wide receiver, you kind of just like out there. You're not like, oh, right, let's go. You kind of like, oh, well, we lost. Let's just see how many points we can put on the board so we just go get shut out. I am charging you not to be a student, not to be an entrepreneur, not to be whatever you are. I am charging you that in your space, you need to dominate in your space. So when Green Bay, who just won last week, come back after the half, they hold their heart gone. They, like they came, Green Bay came back and was like, Rogers can't even save us. We can't be saved. All the Green Bay Packers fans in that home, I'm talking about miserable. If you like Green Bay, you like, it's over. You were facing around the house. Atlanta was off the charts. Everybody in Atlanta was like, Rod, I'm getting texts from folks. I didn't even know they're from Atlanta. Rod, I look like they're from Detroit. I lived in Atlanta for six months. Rise up. I don't even feel. You want, last week we talked about, yeah, we, we want to finish the first quarter. We want to. But now I'm going to talk about domination, right? I'm going to show you in a second what that looks like. All right, so real quick, anybody know who this is? Serena. Good. Next one. This is... All right, good. We there? All right, next one. Okay, it's all right. All right, let's go right quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she beat Serena. Yeah, let's go to the next one. Who's that? <laughs> okay, let's stop. So real quick, now what I got to explain to y'all is this. They're all closed. Like these are people who have beat Serena and beat it. They're all right. You don't know who they are at all. They probably won one or something. They might have won one grand slam or two. So they're professionals. They are pros. They're getting paid. In the, in the tennis world, when they walk out, people are like, find my ball. People are like, oh, but you don't know them. Why is it that you don't know them? Like, how you know Venus? You don't know Venus because she played tennis. You know Venus because there was a time in her career she dominated. And then her sister came and she dominated. That's why you know who they are. Let me say this to you. This is what domination looks like. Venus has dominated in tennis, and as a result, she's made $34 million just in tennis. Serena has made $84 million just in tennis. That's what domination looks like. Now, when you go to these young ladies, it's like $8 million. That's a good salary. But they don't make what Serena and Venus make. Why? They have not dominated. So who is this? Yeah, LeBron James. Yeah. Next one. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. Next one. Yeah. 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 Come on, you y'all. Come on, you like, who's my man? My man's playing for the Nuggets. He started. Oh, yeah. Let's go to the next one. I know you know who this is right here. Boom. He with the default check. He's not in the developmental league. He's not playing over the team. He started with Utah. You don't know him, though. Why? Because he's not dominating. So we're going to try not to compete. We're going to try to do what? Come on, we're going to try not to compete. We're going to try to do what? Dominate. I need you to dominate. dominate. So that's kind of like the best expression I've seen. Because in our Christian life, we're not here to compete. We're not here competing against the enemy. We're not here competing against 
another Christian, we're here to dominate our space. Our space in Jesus Christ. He has called us. He is not done with us yet. We are not dead. So we are to dominate in Jesus. Amen. Amen. So when we get ready to cheer it up every time, we're going to bring it in and we're going to one, two, three, what? One, two, three, what? One, two, three, what? And, and persons that and people that are Christians who haven't been here, they go, oh, well, that's not really Christian to just dominate someone. <laughs> well, that, that doesn't really sound fair. You know, we're not talking about fair. All right. We're not talking about fair. We're talking about our faith and what we believe in and what sh we should be doing for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Stand up. Let's pray. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word, which is true. Thank you that you created us in your image to have dominion over the earth, dominion in our space. Thank you, Father, that we understand that we will have trouble in this world, but you have come to take it over. Thank you, Father, that you have called us to fight the good fight of fife and hold on to the eternal things through Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you for each person here and their faith that they have in you, which allows them to be here. And also, Father, I thank you that uh, you let me get a chance to share your word and your truth. We ask you to be with us the rest of the day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen.